What up, Whiskey Ginger fans? Welcome back to the show. Man, do we got a good one for you today. Pete Holmes is on the show. I love this, dude. We get deep. We get goofy. We get funny. Uh, we talk a lot of stuff on the show. I'm on tour right now. Right now. I'm in Madison, Wisconsin. Six sold-out shows, baby. Uh, but if you're coming uh, if you're coming to see me in the future, get them tickets early. Go to andrewsantino.com. Um, I'm going to Sacramento area, Calusa. I'm playing the casino up there at the end of the month. I'm also going to Denver next month. Denver, come on out. Then I go to Nashville to do Zanies because it's goofy down there. Um, I do a bunch of different shows. Go to andrewsantino.com. Boston uh, is uh, in October. Also, uh, we're going to be putting up the rest of the dates on andrewsantino.com. They're getting announced soon, I promise. Uh, they are coming soon, I promise. But go to andrewsantino.com for tickets. That's also a link to the Patreon and uh, merch and all that jazz is down below if you're on YouTube. Uh, subscribe, like, share it with a friend, spread the word, leave a comment. Come along for the ride, won't you? Enough rambling from me. Let's go to the episode. In here, we pour whiskey, 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 whiskey. Oh, that creature in the ginger beard. Sturdy ginger. Like vampires, the ginger gene is a curse. Gingers are beautiful. You owe me $5 for the whiskey and $75 for the horse. Gingers are hell no. This whiskey is excellent. Ginger. I like gingers. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Whiskey Ginger. My guest today is one of my favorite people on earth. I say that for all my guests, but Micro I mean it once again man. today. Micro it machine. is Pete Holmes. Pete Holmes. Hey. So you brought your own coffee. Two yeah. things. We're not drinking because, A, you don't drink anymore. You normally drink on the show? Yeah. I, I, it's boring. I'm like a really boring, if I am an alcoholic, I'm a boring one. Meaning like, my story would be I'd get a bottle of this on the road and I'd just drink it alone in my hotel room. That's fun. It was fun. <laughs> I did not like it. I liked yeah. it. And I, I I was pretty good at hangovers. I just realized I was doing it unconsciously. Such a boring place to start. No, no, it's a good place. I don't like anything that I'm doing unconsciously, meaning like it has me. Uh, and I read this book. If anybody's interested, such a, what a snooze. No, give it to what me. What a snooze. No, they're going to like it. Well, I get messages about it almost every day. That's real. It's called This Naked Mind. It's a book about controlling alcohol. What it is, what it did, I can summarize it in one second. It's like you think you're, uh, you have liberty because you drink. Like it's an act of freedom. Mm -hmm. That's one of the things I love about it. Yeah. Like I love being a pirate. <laughs> I used to love getting drunk during the day. Yeah. I used to love like doing absurd shit, like going to Santa Barbara on a Tuesday. Cause That's fuck fun. you, you That's know? That's fun. And like having six margaritas at lunch. None of this is the rock bottom part. I, so I like that. But then, like, once alcohol it just is a very addictive substance, like, oh, yeah. to the mammal, to the human animal, mm -hmm. it's addictive. Yeah. And that's what the book says. It's like, you don't have to, like, be all woe is me. You can just come clean and say, I think I'm addicted to a very addictive chemical. <laughs> and, then, and then it really goes, like, look at the culture. By the way, I have no judgment. Yeah. This, this was what was right for me. I'm going to really... finish these today, all these. That's why they're all out. <laughs> I also love the taste of whiskey. I really do. Yeah. I'll smell it. I could sip it. It's not like that sort of situation. I don't. But do you I... go to meetings? No, I, 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 I sort of, I'm a little conflicted on that because I'm always afraid they'd be like, it's not real. You're not really sober yeah. if you don't join us. Because I, really, I have a deep respect for the program and I have a lot of people in the program. Yeah. But I like this book. I'm also... Andrew, I don't know if you're this way. I love belonging to groups. To groups. Yeah. Like that good feeling when you get into SAG and AFTRA when you I get, was a man. You get the card. You get the card and you're like, and I love feeling legit. 
Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I still kind of find a lot of pleasure in being like, I'm a, I'm a legit comedian. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. When, when you go from chasing shows to shows asking you, and I'm not saying that with, with like, pride. Like no, a, no, a, but there is pride in that. There, there's pride, but I'm not bragging. I, right. I hope I'm not being ugly. Meaning that may, I go like, look at look you. Look at them chasing me. Look at you with a legit. I'll tell you a funny story. I did this this club in Germantown, Wisconsin with Jim Gaffigan. What's it called? It was called Fuck Dick Shit. Fuck Dick Shit. Fuck Dick Shits. Fuck Dick Shits. Fuck Dick Shits. Fuck Dick Shit. Fuck, fuck Dick Shit was fuck the dick owner. Shits. He's so funny, that He's guy. He's really thin and well-kempt, actually. Yeah, which is strange. And everybody in town likes him. And his name is Fuck. Fuck. Fuck Dick Shits. And he's popular in clergy. They're always like, bless you, fuck. Bless you, Mr. Dick Shits. Mr. Dick Shits. <laughs> bless you and your golden heart. <laughs> And there's benches in the park that are like donated by like, fucking by fuck, fuck dick, dick shits. How about that? The, the kids in the neighborhood. Hi, Mister Dick Shits. One kid calls him fuck by the first name, and that's he it. earned it. He, yeah, that's he it. Earned it. That is it. After one summer, man with no face style, where he like apprenticed that boy. <laughs> right, right. He was like goodbye, Mister Dick Shits. Like tears streaming down his face, and he goes, "You can call me fuck." <laughs> and he was like, <laughs> and he weeps. We cut to the credits. The theme of Baywatch, please. Why is that there? Some people stand <laughs> in the darkness. I actually am a firm believer that that's a great song. Mm. Some people stand in the darkness, afraid to step into the light. Let's not say it's a great song, but it's a feel-good song. It's a feel-great song. It's a feel-great song. By the way, the, yeah. I know we're going to do this. Mm. Pete and I are going to do this the whole podcast. The whole time. That's what we did on his Don't show. Don't look for a thread. I got into an what argument. What are you, uh, <laughs> a tailor? <laughs> oh, God. Oh, no. Oh, God. Don't look for a thread. I got into an argument with a friend this weekend. I want to know your opinion. Mm, can't wait. Do you like Beastie Boys? No, not really. Oh, God, I love you. Yeah. We got into a fight. Really? He was like, they're great. I'm like, they weren't. Yeah, just because I they understand. were Just because they were early. They were new. Yeah, they were early. And they were like, uh, it was like a library card for, for corny white boys to be cool. Hated it, dude. I just respect. I respect. Also, I, uh, don't like them. Uh, yeah, no, I would. Uh, um, what is that? Girls. Girls. Like that shit. <laughs> I'm not saying, but I also I'll I'll out crank you if you want to be a crank. I don't like most music. I yeah, find but, but a I'm lot of music to in be in the world of hip hop. We got into an argument because I'm I'm a big hip hop. You're a hip hopper. You're I one lo- of those gingers that's like, lo- listen. Yes, I got Adidas track pants. Throw down no, some cardboard. No, no, <laughs> no. But he said to me, a song came on in the in the in the car. We were we were getting a ride to the airport, and I go Beastie Boys. And which the, song? It, that's what I'm about to show you. Okay. It was um, intergalactic uh, planetary. planetary. That wouldn't have been a hit if they weren't already huge. Come. Nobody would have been like, God. "I'll stir fry you in my walk." Excuse Here. me. God, I love you so much. I'll stir fry you in my walk. So I. Is literally, this a weird Al song? I. <laughs> <laughs> I will. I, it's an. It's it's all right. I, you, I, no, let's go over right. the lyrics. Okay. Well, now don't you tell me to smile. You stick around. I'll make it worth your while. It's you know what it is. First, let's just analyze it's just a rhyme, that. It's just a rhyme. This scheme. is Dr. Seuss. Yeah, it's a, it's a Dr. Seuss. You know what? You it's don't Mr. tell me to Seuss. smile. It's before Dr. This is Mr. Seuss. Before he got his doctorate, he would write some he stuff He was just like getting that. his master's. When he was a waiter, he'd write on the back of receipts. <laughs> just kind of like, maybe one day I'll draw a some, pink. Some customer goes, hey, why don't you smile more? He goes, well, now don't you tell me to smile. <laughs> That's a really lame lyric. But all music is sort of bad poetry. I don't know if you've ever tried to write a song. I agree. It's bad. Mostly bad. Like, I think the job of the musician is to get over how bad... Like, you know biopics? Mm-hmm. It'll be like... Um, or should we say biopics? biopics. 
Biopics sounds like a prescription. It is. Biopics. Biopics. They're biopics. They're biopics. And you know how they always give you the, the it gives me the cringes, the cringies? Mm-hmm. Because it'll be Elton John and he's like, oh, uh, please hold me, hold me closer. You small, small, <laughs> you small dancer. <laughs> and then he goes, wait a minute. And we're all like, that's so stupid because that's not how it is. No. Actually, it's so stupid because that's exactly how it is. That's how it happened. They just go, we will. We will. We will. We will. Boom. Something strong. Uh, Something. We will uh, choke you. Choke you. We will. We will choke you. And then. One dude goes, what are you guys doing here? Are you guys rocking out? And you're like, Danny, get the fuck. That's like Tom Petty. Uh, Danny. That song used to be, um, I won't back. Hey, baby. baby. Original lyric, standing at the edge of the world. I won't really? back. What I'm saying is, and Tom Petty, God rest his beautiful soul. Beautiful soul. Would agree with you that so much, so much of comedy is fucking it up yep. and doing it wrong. Yeah. Being so corny. So stupid mm-hmm. and saying things like standing on the edge of the world. Like, that is like, what is this? A music, like, summer workshop? <laughs> like a songwriting workshop? Standing on the edge of the world. Because, like, really bad and really good in music are so close. So close. A knife's edge. I know. <laughs> and I'd go so far as to say you write out, she's a good girl, crazy about Elvis, loves horses, and her boyfriend too. I'm not. I'm saying it's a great song. It is. I'm saying if I saw that on a scrap of paper in your house, I'd go, "Oh, Andrew's a shitty poet." <laughs> Ooh, he's bad. <laughs> he's a shitty poet. He's a shitty poet. Imagine. You know what we should do? We should sell framed, uh, just one one chunk of lyrics from songs like that. Like yeah. just, just putting people. It'll living be our Etsy for shop. perspective. Because think yeah. about if you saw that, you well, would go, "That's not." Uh, I like what you're saying because when people uh, want to do comedy. Yeah. I was like, just go to an open mic. If you're if you're even two percent on your way to being a comedian, mm-hmm. for real, yeah, uh, like it's in the cards. You'll go to an open mic and go, "I'm better than everyone here. I've never done it, <laughs> but I'm better than everyone here." Right. I mean, a real open mic. I don't mean yeah. like an established. No, no, a real. There's one. a crowd. Mm-hmm. There's support. I'm no. not talking about a UCB. Like, UCB would have, like, a good open mic. No, you're talking about a coffee shop I'm in Culver City. I'm talking about a coffee. I'm talking about <laughs> far upper west side. It's a bar, and you have to bark for five minutes. Right. Anybody an want to come watch us? And then you eat a dick. And, like, it's not unkind. It's, it's actually what you're saying is even Tom Petty would write a bad line. So many great comedians have, like, horrible fucking lines. What's your worst line in your head? I'll tell you the... I only did it once. Are you ready? <laughs> yeah. I did it at the Lincoln Lodge in Chicago. I go, uh, remember? Love, That's right where I, I lived. Love, love. I used to walk to the Lincoln Lodge. Really? You were that close? I was on uh, Levitt, North Levitt Street. Levitt. 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 You've yep. got to Levitt. If You've you got to Levitt. You've got to Levitt. You were on Levitt. You could walk to the lodge. Yeah, North Levitt. 4209 North Levitt? Just in case someone who lives there now New, is now listening. Now people are <gasps> Erect the plaque! They had it, but they just they, they had a feeling. Yeah. I think he lived, lived here. here. Erect mm-hmm. it. <laughs> like an Amish would raise a barn. Uh listen, um, so I'd go to the Lincoln Lodge mm-hmm. and I did this line and it's terrible. And I'm gonna tell you something better. Okay. More edifying. <laughs> okay. I go, um, I, this is way before I had been on TV or anything, so there was no reason to know who I was. So right. I said, Hi, my name is Pete. 
Uh, some of you may recognize me. Some of you might be cognizing me for the first time. Hmm. That is one of, it's a joke a computer would get, mm-hmm. is how I often discern like a bad <laughs> joke. Human beings like jokes that human beings would get. Correct. You can't write a joke for a computer. No. A computer would go, oh, I understand, recognize. You're, right. you're cognizing re, re means again, mm-hmm. but maybe I'm cognizing you for the first time. Ha, 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 Like data from Star Trek would go, I understand, Captain. <laughs> I understand humor now. And he funny. Has an, this is funny. He has an erection for some reason. It this just is <laughs> the appropriate. Jizzing everywhere. You know it's golden sparkle jizz. <laughs> yeah. Data. Data. If somebody has golden sparkle jizz on their face, don't don't even try to tell me you weren't just fucking Data. <laughs> <laughs> it kind of looked like his makeup. <laughs> he had that glittery makeup. He did. It was over, it was a little well, you know, the guy in the makeup, the guy the, the head of makeup was uh yeah. he was gay. And he oh. was like, I'm definitely putting some glittery makeup on, Brent on you. Spiner? Oh yeah. On Brent Spiner. Brent Spiner. I don't like that the the, the 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 why should the gays only get the the glitter? Because they're more they're better at I understand. They're better at being fancy. I get it. They're the best. I won't ask. This is like saying, why do black people have to be the best at basketball? Because they are. Yeah, I, I suppose. Because the world. Am I in works a cancel? Am I in a cancel zone even agreeing with this? <laughs> no. I just did a joke last night. I did that, whatever that place is called that I see you at. And I was. Uh, Supernova. There was a car playing a deep bass, the whole show. And I was, most of my set was just talking about this guy and his tiny balls and his huge honking dick. He had a huge <laughs> flabby dick. And uh, his balls go in his body when he's cold. Like, that's how small they are. They actually disappear. That, how funny? <laughs> the moment the temp drops, you just hear. And then when that they come out. satisfying When they come sound. out, they go. Because one's bigger. No, no, one goes. <gasps> Oh, old lefty. <laughs> I got one olive and one lentil. Which one, which one is longer? Are you a lefty or a righty? My dick? No. My you have two gum? dicks? <laughs> oh, my balls? Yeah, which one is longer? There's got to be one. You know what's funny about my balls is they're, is they're big. I have big balls. You look like you have big balls. Do I? You do. Yeah. When I mean, you get out of a car, it look you look like a guy who has big balls. Look at him. He's, is he carrying two bowling balls? <laughs> <laughs> they're not like... Well, they're all I've ever known. Is your big balls? I don't go around. You've I mean, never seen other. If friends that's balls? how we greeted each other, I have, and mine are bigger for sure. For sure. And then my the joke in college was that my balls are like this, and my little weenie is like this. No, you have a little weenie. No, I don't have a little weenie, but, and I don't. I don't even. That's just a fact. It's not. It's. I want to say it's proportional, and that's yeah. what I would try to get. Because in college, this is so homoerotic. We're back to the glitters. I love this stuff. I in college, I went to a Christian college. But like a real, you know how like Holy Cross is a Catholic school, like LMU, but but it's not really. It's like What's Jesuit. LMU? Yeah, yeah, Loyola yeah. Marymount. Yeah. It's Jesuit, it's a, but it's if like it's a Jesuit school. That just means you're getting a fine ass education, right. as far as right. I can tell. Right. Uh, or like really Catholic schools. Harvard is to technically historically okay. was founded cr- Christian as a or Catholic. Christian. It might be Catholic. I, I don't think know. it was Christian. Yeah. Fun fact. You know how on the crest of Harvard there were three books? Yeah. Uh, one of them used to be closed. It was the book that uh, represented theology, and it was closed as if to say in the crest, we'll never fully know the mystery of the universe. Now it's open. Is it? Now they say, we got it. I'm not saying, I'm not sure they're saying they got it, but they're saying it's gettable. Because that's the Harvard's uh, crest is yeah. those three books. And now they're all, all three are open. Wow. The hubris. That's do you know, literally Do you hubris. know when it opened? I, that's a great question. Hey, Siri. 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 Bum, bum. You're- I just got the joke about recog. <laughs> ah! 
Siri. Ah, wow. <laughs> it just hits her. <laughs> I have a lot of fun facts for you. You know, if you slow down uh, a real laugh, it sounds like an orgasm. It sounds it sounds oh, like a like oh, a chimpanzee. Oh. It sounds like it sounds like a noise you would be embarrassed to make. Like your real laugh, you mm -hmm. slow it down. It sounds like <laughs> it's a it's a sound you would never make. You slow down a fake laugh. It sounds like so. It sounds it sounds it like sounds... the bad guy in the video game Kung Fu. <laughs> I have your girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> There's one guy at home who remembers. <laughs> There's one dude who knows oh, the video game oh, Kung Fu. Oh, 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 oh. Mr. X, I believe. His but do you know why that was? Those were why the voices in video games were always so fun is because it was like these genius video game inventors, these little Japanese guys who are brilliant, and they were like, "What do dumb Americans sound like?" Yeah. They, oh, 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 well, look at Punch Out. That game is straight. Also Mario. Mario. I even have a more. joke about this. What is that? Italians are the only people you can be racist to. And it's true. It's true. And they're like, hey, right in front of their face. Hey, you like a linguine? Like, and they're just like, that's us. And like, they go, not I guess. <laughs> not always. I can't confirm that all Italians don't mind I'm that. Italian and I'll take it. I'm Irish too and we make fun of the Irish. Well, then This is a constant after, joke with the Irish. That's hilarious. We're all alcoholics. They've got the allergy. Yeah. Uh, I'm Irish too. And just in case anyone was upset, I said the allergy. It's, somebody said it, it, it kind of ruined the fun, but they were like, yeah, these are white these are white races. Like, you can be racist to other kinds of white people, it seems. Ah, uh, that's true. But as soon as you... I remember Fred Armisen was on Conan, and he was like, I can do any accent. And when they got to Jamaica, he passed. Yeah, this I was remember. sort of right when... We talked about this. Mm -hmm. I can't believe... It just must be on my mind when but I But I remember you. that. <clears throat> I remember said, that. He said, pass. Even though everybody knows you can say beer can in an English accent, and you're doing a Jamaican saying bacon. Right, of course. Bacon. 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 Bacon! He, no way Fred can't go, hey, man. He just didn't want to. <laughs> Even as I do. I think that's so. I'll go to the mat for that. I for will too. For I think every, all that anybody's stuff is right to go. I, I, with respect and with the right intention. Yes, intention is everything. Yeah, we talked about this. We talked about intention it on my podcast. Intention is literally everything. And a computer can't get intention, which is why they only get jokes like oh, Reek. Oh, oh, <laughs> recognition. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you know it's coming, though? We're going to have to be telling jokes to robots at some point. Never. I swear to God, they're going to have audience members, and they'll have a row just for robots. You have to bring your robot with you. In 50 years, you'll have to bring your robot. And robots oh will have an uprising. Oh, my God. We need robot rights, too. That's really interesting. Respect the robots. And, yeah, I mean. Don't you think people have full-time robots? There have been a lot of allegories about robots being, like, slaves, robots being, like, yeah. oppressed groups. They are. Which is so funny because we have so many oppressed groups and we're just like. Look at these four slaves in the room. I the mean, four eyeballs. And they're just. Well, they're not. They are. What is it called? The, Keur the Keurig test. It's if they can make a cup of coffee. coffee? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. He's gone. <laughs> the curing test. It's just a delight. It's called like the curin, the curing, cur the, or the something. The curin test. It's if you leave it alone, does it do anything? Yeah, but what's to say that if a tree is in the woods and yeah, sure, no, let's talk about it. So how do you not know that these things aren't operating the without way, you? The tree does make a noise. Anyway, uh, what, what does the tree say when you're gone? <laughs> is that what I see on your little notepad? And what does the tree song? say when, when you're, you're gone? <laughs> what does it say? Is that a real song? Yeah, what does the tree say when you're gone? Listen to the leaves rustling. It's all the tree can say. 
If it's beautiful, can I'm I not saying you? that was. That sounds really good. It was okay. What I was kind of tr- surprised that it was yeah. okay. <laughs> it was too. At first, I was like, this is going to be bad. It was okay. It was pretty good. Not saying it was good. I'm saying it was okay, but it's kind of funny that it came out okay. <laughs> the funniest game my mm. wife Val and I play is sing in your most sincere voice. Oh. Can you sing like Amazing Grace in your most, no comedy. You can't be like, amazing. You have that's to do the instinct. it. Of course. That's I take our daughter to baby music class and I'm doing like a silly voice to like mm-hmm. be more participatory because my real, it's so embarrassing. Well, give me your real voice. I can't. Yeah, but let's not do Amazing Grace. Let's see if okay. you can do a real, a sincere. A to- I don't want to close my eyes. It's so Come naked. On. I don't want to fall asleep because I'd miss you, babe. I'm doing a little, <laughs> and I don't want to miss a thing. So good. even when I dream, dream of you, the sweetest dream I'll never do. That's comedy. Whoa. That was no, comedy, that was though. not comedy. Was com- well, Steven Tyler is putting on an affect in that moment. Yeah. Because that's, this is something, you feel lonely today? Yeah. If anyone feels lonely. If you're out there and you're lonely. Take a moment to appreciate not only how supported you are literally by the chair and the earth and yep. gravity, yeah. how you're being fed by the light and by the air. This isn't spiritual woo. I'm just saying, like, really? Yeah. You're not supported by who? <laughs> Tim <laughs> at the Quiznos? <laughs> He's rude to you? Like, you are fucking part of this. Yeah. And your behaviors, this is something I got kind of from Terrence McKenna. Like, the way you scratch your head, that's in your genes. Mm-hmm. That means it's from your ancestors. I don't mean, I'm not a shaman in the jungle. Mm-hmm. I'm saying the way you're resting your body. This is. The lineage of it would make you weep that you are a living monument to thousands of lives. Wow. You're not, it's like all the best things that are cliche, like you're not alone, you can never be alone. They're all true. Right. And it only takes a moment to be, even the one, they're all true. That's, that, that's my great, 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 great. I'll never meet him, never see a photo. There right. are no photos of him or her. And it's in my fucking blood. This thing that you're doing. This The way thing, you hold, yeah. The blo- and then there's the things that I learned. Like Steven Tyler learned, the sweetest thing I'll never do. <laughs> from like, let's be honest, probably a black singer. For sure. Okay. Yeah. Let's get there. Let's go there. Let's go there. Let's cancel Aerosmith. Yeah. Well, it's true. Yeah. I mean, that's not a new concept since Elvis (laughs) Presley. We've been co-opting black culture. Yes. 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 Two white guys figuring it out. (laughs) Feminism next. (laughs) Uh, Just the worst thing. (laughs) And and let's film it. (laughs) Literally, two white men in a a small room figuring Figuring out the world's problems, and we're filming it to share. (laughs) What a joke. Anyway, I'm just saying, like. I really, like, also, the. Uh, this is one thing. This will be a little woo-woo, but I'm saying it for fun. I like woo-woo stuff. Okay, good. Well, I don't think awareness is personal. I think there's one awareness. And any mystical or religious tradition will agree with that. God is one would be how the Jew, uh, the Jewish tradition says it. It's so weird to say You're the about Jews. to say the Jews. I was. But you can. I know you can, but it sounds like the blacks, which... You can also say. I know, but it, I can. there's a lot of things you can say. You Let's can make go down any the list. sound. <laughs> Your body can make any sound. <laughs> What if there was one racist word that was that took years of practice to say? That is a dedicated well, you know, racist. Do you know the, you know what a snorfel is? Hmm? A snorfel? What's that? Oof! Is I don't like even, I should say it. Snorfel is a very racist word. Really? Yes. I don't like it. To snorfel. What is it? This is fake. This, this is, is fake. this is one of those. This is fake. This is fake. Pete, come along for the ride, won't you? What? 
My Fiji! My Fiji! It's an artisan water, which means it, it comes from under rock. That's what it means. Are you serious? Yeah. I've never known that. You know, there's a water sommelier. Water. I was told there's a water sommelier. You're meeting him right now. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sort of a water snob. And you're not allowed to have... He says you don't drink filtered water. Yeah. You only drink spring or mineral. Well, I'll, I'll join him with that. And you want it to be glass, is, ideally. This is bad. This is really bad well, for you. this has been sitting in, in, in plastic. plastic. For and, years. You know. They made this in 86. It's quite possible. Yeah, it's been you, sitting I mean, on if a you shelf. Want a, if you want one snobby, <laughs> just talking through watch a burp, this. like Mulaney's bit. Watch this. Oh, I'll drink it. <laughs> well, it goes back to good therapy, good life. You don't want to be... You don't want to be anybody, anything's bitch to use the vernac. But don't you think we are? Of course. We're That's what it goes back to why I stopped drinking. I was like, oh, I'm alcohol. You're the bitch. bitch. Yeah. I, I'm hooked on it and I, I'll just drink it because it's there. And I think it's also part of my identity as a man, as an American, as like a success. I think mm-hmm. I'm supposed to just constantly <laughs> cigar, be whiskey. Watch it. Watch a movie. Like people uh, are depressed or happy. They, they're always drinking. It's like yeah. when I'm happy. I'm happy. Yeah. I don't go like, let's get a depressant in the mix. <laughs> I understand, but it's not really going to enhance the happiness per se. It's sure. cultural. It's, it's, a, it's a package made by a person, a group of people, that don't care about you. Right. That's what consciousness is. Oh, it's, anyway, a, it's a capitalistic uh, endeavor. This is entrepreneurial. We're having a lot of our needs met by something that doesn't love us. Yes. And that's David Foster Wallace, and that's brilliant. Rest in peace. R.I.P. For real. In here... We pour whiskey. Guys, if you're like me, I'm not good at shopping. I don't like shopping. It's not fun. I walk into the store with money and I walk out because I feel weird and I don't want to try stuff on. A lot of people are staring at you with too much jewelry and they go, do you want me to get you a room? No, I don't want you to get me a room. I just want to grab stuff and leave. Uh, That's why I'm into stuff like this. Bare bottom. Bare bottom clothing. I'm wearing this shirt right now by bare bottom. It's amazing. I do love bare bottom stuff. Uh, It's soft. It's comfortable. Um, it's versatile. It's uh, They've got everyday wear. They've got stuff you can wear uh, that's more athletic or on the go. Um, their shorts are what I'm in love with. I've been swimming in them in the backyard in the mornings. I love bare bottom shorts, a little seven incher, so they show off some of my thighs because daddy's got good legs. And uh, they're colorful. They're cool. They're comfortable. They come with inner linings. They also have just regular leisure shorts. Uh, they call them uh, all different colors and materials. But I really do like their stuff. I'm not lying. I really do like it. You can get two made-for-summer lightweight tech tees and a pair of stretch shorts for under $100. That's phenomenal money. Uh, keep our shorts above the knees, baby. This is the new thing. They got that 7-inch inseam shorts, and it looks really nice. And uh, the best part about Bare Bottom, truthfully, uh, giving back is at the core of what Bare Bottom does. They've donated over 100,000 pairs of shorts to children in need. So, uh... Get some shorts from them, and they give some shorts to people that need it. I'm really into companies like this. I really do believe in this kind of stuff, and it is very comfortable. Uh, not uh, Great shirts and great shorts. The shorts are what I think are the, the, the highest sellers, but they also got a couple of great tees they threw in there. Uh, right now, our listeners get free shipping on their first order of these super comfortable threads at barebottomclothing.com with the code WHISKEY. Just go to barebottomclothing.com. That's bear, B-E-A-R, like the animal bottomclothing.com. Use that promo code WHISKEY to get free shipping on your first order. You like listening to music? Of course you do. You're a human being. Well, let me tell you something. Cove Audio sent me this speaker, and at first I was like, oh, another portable speaker. Who cares? But then I checked this thing out. It is incredible. Genuinely, I do love this thing. It snaps apart into two pieces, which I think is so dope. 
Uh, you can set this up, you know, all over the house, outside if you're having a barbecue this summer. Um, but it's it's so cool because it, it, it sounds great when they're together. It gets super loud outside. But I also love the fact that it splits into two, and you can put it at two separate sides of the house or outside on the patio or uh, wherever you are. It gets nice and loud. Uh, it connects to smartphones, tablets, computers uh, via Bluetooth. You know that technology, Bluetooth. Uh, operates for up to seven hours on one battery charge, which is incredible because if you're outside, uh, you know a lot of times these portable speakers last a couple hours and then they blah, 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 make noises. It can be up to 33 feet away from its connection uh, without any sort of interruption. And when you split it up, it creates like a 360 sound effect in a room when you put them on two separate sides of the room. So I like a built-in microphone for hands-free calling and a powerful subwoofer. Yeah, there's a subwoofer inside. Is it? She thumps. She thumps. Okay, papa, she's a thumper. Um, but if you need one of these for the Soma Soma time, take to the beach or whatever, it's totally worth it. These things are incredible. Uh, this Cove split speaker, man, this is the way to go. Uh, for uh, for a little uh, little love from the Whiskey Ginger, go to coveaudio.com slash whiskey. Coveaudio.com slash whiskey. The promo code is whiskey to get yourself 67% off the Cove split speaker. That's a ton. That's more than half off of these two halves. 67% off the Cove Audio speaker at coveaudio.com slash whiskey. The code, of course, is whiskey. Ginger. I like gingers. This is water. This is... This whole thing is water. This is water. Well, let me finish my consciousness point, just because if anybody's feeling lonely. I really believe there's only one consciousness, right? And we're all Mm -hmm. just sort of renting it. This is a metaphor. I like... So the consciousness that's looking out your eyes is basically the same as mine. Mm-hmm. Really, think about it. It's just, it's just the phenomenon of consciousness. Right. And it is bestowed upon you. And around it, you build Andrew Santino. Mm-hmm. And that's who you think you are. Really, you're the consciousness, which means you're really me, which means you're really it, which means you're really this. Right. So when I say to my daughter, there's nowhere you can go that I'm not, I mean it. And when I die, I'm still with you. I'm there. I fucking mean it. Mm-hmm. Like, quite literally. Like, we, you and I are... Brothers, that's an easy way to say it. One, people sometimes miss the jump to one. It's a little too, I want to honor our Well, one is hard because people always want a, a personal identity. I don't want to deny what we're doing. Yes. You know what I'm saying? But we, Here's a, if we're all one, whose headache is this? Is a line that the Buddhists enjoy. Is that what they say? Yeah. If, if we're all it, one, whose headache one, If we're all one, whose parking ticket is this? You know what I mean? All of ours. Yeah, but you have to pay it. You know what I mean? Sure. And pain and suffering is a good way to go like, yeah, but are we really? It's kind of like credit card roulette. It's like we're all going to throw our card in, but (laughs) someone's got to pay for the fucking meal. I didn't mean to get all woo, but if anyone's feeling lonely, just know your awareness. It's the same as Martin Luther King Jr. It's the same. It's the same as bad people, too. You know, it's like it's this equalizing. It's I like I like remembering how supported I am. Yeah. I don't have to beat my heart. I don't I don't really breathe. This isn't my point. You're really breathed. You are breathed. You are breathed. You're you're not re- you don't really in your sleep are you going breathe in, breathe out. My breathe wife in. does. Hilarious. As I sleep. Breathe in. Breathe out. And she's dressed as a leprechaun. <laughs> I hey, just, for hey some wait re- a minute. Not a ginger joke. I just thought it was funny, like the creepy movie Leprechaun. Like it's so scary. Breathe to in. Like, breathe in. Speaking breathe of which, out. I took breathing classes, by the Tell way. Tell me everything. Do you know about this? Pranayam. Learn learning learning to access because I have I got uh <clears throat> I have shallow back, white man breath. Shallow breath. white man breath. You know that I, shallow white day. man breath. <laughs> I'm like a dog. <laughs> 
I, I have <laughs> a, I have back issues. Oh. And I threw out my back a few times, and then now I have sciatic problems from running because I used to run miles and miles and miles, and I'd still run, but not as much as I used to. You look like a runner. I used to run so much. It used to be my relief. I was like, this. I don't think about anything. I black I, out when I run. It's amazing. Oh, I believe you. Fully. I just. Do you think that guy's climbing El Capitan because he likes rock climbing? It's it's like seven hours of zen. Yeah, he's it's the most peaceful thing in the world. It's the same thing as jumping out of a plane. It's the same thing as jogging. It's the same thing as comedy. I'm not two comedy people to being with comedy special. I hope everybody has it. I don't care yeah. if you're a line cook and you get in the flow and your brain yeah. shuts off. That's what it feels like doing comedy. It does. Well, have you ever done? Let's to make it more genuinely Back relatable. Problems. Have you ever done a job in your life that you felt like? You had a moment where you go, I'm fucking good at this. Yeah. Like the rhythm is working. That's what it all feels like. That's what it feels like. You know? I think one of the reasons why everybody thinks they could be a writer and maybe a comedian is because everybody has thoughts. And everybody is <laughs> funny every once in a while. And yeah. So you're kind of like, well, I could just do that again. Right. Right. Uh, it's, 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 it's actually sort of... What do you think is the discernible difference between a, a, a what we call street... Person, yeah, and a comedian. They write a it civilian. Down. The comedian doesn't just write it down; they have a compulsion to like recreate it. It's, it this is right. so self-important, but it's a little bit like at the beginning, the first ten years of comedy is, is kind of like science. Mm -hmm. Something happens. Mm -hmm. I say to you, "You ever have to poop so bad you pee second? <laughs> and you laugh. <laughs> and then I go, "This is actually." My wife said something like that to me. She said something along. I wish I knew what she actually said. And then I took it and and just sort of refined it. And I was like, I think that's a funny question to ask an audience. I think it's a question joke. So right there, you're kind of knowing what category to put it in. Right. Then you bonsai tree it. You trim it. What are the not? You don't really count words, but you go, what are the least amount of words? How can I say How this can I get musically? To the have you ever had to poop so bad you pee second? Like mm -hmm. second is such a strange word. You weren't mm. expecting it. No. You ever have to? Pee, you ever have to pee? No. You ever have to poop so bad you, you pee, pee second? second. <laughs> because people don't think the order that belongs that way. It doesn't. It's jarring. Like I used to say about every time I watched um, um, the reason I love black porn uh, more than white porn is because the guys get to wear shoes. And then I take oh a big pause God. and I say, I don't know why I like it. it if you know laugh. anything about how shoes and pants work, this means they took off their shoes, took off their pants and underwear, and put, put back the on their shoes. It's a, it's a delightful, it's a walk around see, a you, pond see, or see, something. See, people yeah. say, you were about to do it. You're about to say, put their shoes back on. But and I you, say, and put, put back, back on, on their, their shoes. shoes. Yep, poop so bad you pee, pee second. second. It's the same kind of idea. Yeah, and this is, if you're like enthusiastic naturally, I wouldn't want anybody to like force their way into comedy, but if you're just kind of like doing that for fun. Yeah. When I was a kid, I used to stay up at night going like, if I fall in the hallway, mm -hmm. what will I say? Then I would be like, I, I, get, I could go, medic! <laughs> like little fat Pete. I was fat and ruddy, just Lithuanian and soft and wet. Medic! 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 That is the compulsion. Yeah. I don't, there's nothing sadder than someone who shouldn't be doing comedy who's just trying to do comedy because like it's, it's a good way to like, I don't know, have fun or something. I guess. Yeah. I guess. That's kind of, that's, have fun? I don't. Uh, it's really. If you look at the, if you could lay out your whole career, what percentage of it was fun? <laughs> 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 and I have a great career. I have a fun. Yeah, so life you. is good. And but but the but the the best on my. I'm in a good mood. I could say maybe it was sixty forty. Like forty was pain, but really it was probably 
probably 4060. It was probably the I other would way. I would argue that. That's about 4060 to 4060. me. 4060. And I wouldn't change a thing. No, it was worth all of it. But this is the key to life. One yeah. of the things that people seem to not understand anymore is that value is is a is a conceit, right? Mm-hmm. And one of the ways that we manufacture value is is through uh, pet penance, pet penitence, penitence, penitence. I don't want to say suffering because that sounds like Keith Raniere. Remember mm-hmm. Nexium? But he he wasn't. In- I do have the tent. I do want to show oh you something. Oh my god! <laughs> I get up. I'm branded right on my cross. Oh, but they did it on your ding dong. <laughs> Why? I don't think that was Nexium. And when they did it, my balls. <laughs> Look, all I'm saying is what stand-up has going for it that, like, writing doesn't mm. is that it, it doesn't spare you the pain. Yeah. Let's get Keith Raniere out of here. That dude's a lunatic and a, and a, a rapist and an abuser. I, yeah, I don't wanna, he's a psychopath. I don't want to get him in here. Because what I'm Keith, trying— Keith, come on in. <laughs> he walks in the room. <laughs> I don't want him in here. Keith? Oh, God. He comes in with a brand. Hey. That is Yeah, he was a real so piece of shit. Funny. Also, I just read that that Allison Mack girl got sentenced. Yeah, she did. Just just now, after all this time. Oh, yeah. Everything takes forever. It's like show business. Yeah, it does. It's like getting a sentence passed is like green lighting a show. It's, it's, it's like, like, I got like, picked you know up? What? You know <laughs> I got picked up? Oh, my God. It only took nine years. <laughs> that is so funny. To that, I pitch a show to Judd. Mm-hmm. Judd says, I have a slot at HBO, meaning they want something from me, and I want to do this. Perfect. Okay. A plus B. We got the network. Mm-hmm. We got the producer. <laughs> right. When I can't explain, if, if I run into somebody who doesn't know who Judd Apatow is, and it happens, like older people, whatever, I go, he's the Steven Spielberg of comedy. That's what you say. He's, yes. That's, and they get it. Yeah. Okay, Steven Spielberg of comedy, HBO saying to him, we want a show. Spielberg says, we have a show. Mm-hmm. It's ready to go. <laughs> One year. That's just, that's, that's my proof. I would say it could be even longer. One year to pilot. Right. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. You will be waiting. It, maybe, maybe it was six months to pilot and then six months to wait to see if that's it goes. A, yeah, that sounds You're good. looking at a year to being in the writer's room. That's as fast as it can go. That's crazy. So you better be, I don't know, I don't mean to turn this into a comedy workshop, but like, it better, like, it better just be the shape of your peg. You right. know what I mean? Like, because if you're just faking it because you think it's kind of, oh, I'd like to be Kevin Hart or whatever. Like, Kevin Hart is is wounded in the same way that you and I are. Right. I say that in the good way. So anyway, back to my point is that like, a writer is kind of going like, I wonder if this is good and then maybe it goes out maybe people read it, like it, mm-hmm. save it, share it. We get real knife to throat. Right away. Right away. <laughs> Say and, it! And you're any, you're any moment. I, you know how it is. I, I had a really good set last night, and I knew it didn't ruin it, but I did know, in fact, I would say it enhanced it, that I'm over a flaming pit. Mm-hmm. That, I, that I don't, any moment, I, and that's either uh, debilitating or it's what makes it fucking fun for you. I think it makes it so fun. Of course! Yeah. Of course! Well, were you, when you were young, were you a procrastinator of work? Like like uh, like homework and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, because there was no stakes, dude. See, that's what funny. am I gonna in two weeks? You're gonna hand this back with a letter you wrote on it. Fuck you. Fuck you. I want to win now, or right I want to lose now. Every comic I know w- was a bad procrastinator of work, of, yeah. of, of of homework for some reason. Not other things, maybe not, but for some reason, I would wait till the the last living minute and then vomit out everything I yeah, needed to do, right. and it still worked. That's right. I wanted to magic. Yeah, I wanted it to happen. I wanted to feel the pressure. Yeah. Yeah, I wanted all of that. So then when I turned it in, I was like, 
And that's the gift of stand-up. Yeah. There's no, uh, there probably are ways to cheat. I, I No disres- disrespect to YouTube people. There are a lot of YouTube people that I actually really love. Yeah. I think one of the reasons why stand-ups, the gruff dwarves of this mystical realm, don't like the elves, which are like the YouTube people, Magical is elves. because they're like, they're using a magic portal and they're like, again, I'm not putting it, this is probably on YouTube. I'm not saying it's- Yeah, we're it's, on YouTube. It's bad. Yeah. But, like, the dwarves will always look at the elves and be like, but were there orcs nearby? <laughs> and they're like, no, my mom was downstairs making me a grilly cheese. <laughs> and then we, like, we love the pain. And to the comedians, that's what Crashing was. I'm not here to promote it. I'm just saying it was a love letter to the suffering of stand-up because mm-hmm. that's what imbues it with value. Yeah. That's why, so you, we were talking about how weird it is. Tiffany Haddish did the show. It's so weird when we start making money, right? And it's weird to have, be a comfortable financial place and then have a daughter. And I was like, well, what am I going to do? Am I going to make her work at the movie theater to buy her first phone or whatever? Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. You know why? I'm going to be honest. I hope I can be honest with her. I think she's a genius. I I love her. I saw her when she walked in the door. And not to cut you off because I want to hear this. Yeah. I said this to a friend. I go, it made me really like Pete more. Oh, just the way you greeted your daughter, I was yeah. like, oh, wow. Because you know why? We were having a conversation, and then your friend walked in with the, with your daughter. Yeah. I don't know if that was the babysitter. Iris, yeah. yeah. Uh, the babysitter. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And then you um, you really horse-blinded everything. It was like <laughs> it was like nothing. You didn't even see the room you were in. You <laughs> yeah. didn't know I existed anymore. The yeah. carpets were gone. Yeah, the, the, yeah, yeah. It was really kind of wonderful to watch that moment. Oh, I said that to my you. friend, and you picked her up. And when you, like, picked her up and kissed her, it just kind of was like, um, I don't know, man. I wish I could articulate. I'm not smart enough. But it did feel like it was a vacuum when you were, like, so happy to see her. And then the room fell up. It's almost like the walls flopped on those Japanese game shows when they're like, he's on the toilet, you know, and nobody knows. (laughs) (laughs) But it was like, they love each other. It was like a pure moment of complete. um, That makes me happy. Yeah. Okay, makes, so, so I know, but it, it wasn't me. That is something that's been given to me that's happening. Right. I'm available to it. Right. But it really is this gift, and that's why I'm glad you saw it. Oh, because it that's wild. what it, it should be shared. Yeah. Laura Bites uh, said to me, um, I, I don't think she'd mind. She was like, Leela bumped her head on the mm-hmm. table or something. Mm-hmm. And both Val and I were home, and we picked her up, and we we're like, You hit your head. That hurt. Oh, that's sad. Yeah, that really hurts. Just like not going, just going, wow, you hit your head. Where did you hit it? And you go, and where did you hit it here? I'm sorry. That hurt. It's what we should do to our fucking selves, dude. It'll make you cry. Yeah, but we come from a generation, or at least me, where my dad was like, what happened? And I'm like, yes, I broke my foot. My dad's like, all right, all right, relax. And look, I'm all for all of the energies. Yeah. Because there is there is a use for that. And I, I wonder, I, I have a feeling at some point, Leela is my daughter and I will talk about it. There is a time culturally when uh, it's maybe good, at, but as a sometimes food, to put your feelings just on hold, mm-hmm. just on hold mm-hmm. for social reasons. Yeah. Or professional reasons. Yeah. Nobody really wants someone that's like, just right there <laughs> like they just maybe you do mm-hmm. i mean these are like i don't know gurus somewhere but like in our world i was not raised and this is something val taught me it's like sometimes you just want to you put your hand on your chest and you just go oh darling that was to yourself 
that was hard. Yeah. Or that was embarrassing. That was embarrassing. It's, if everyone was doing this, I think would see a lot less. Because <laughs> that's all of it just boiling over. Right, and finally spilling. Finally spilling. Like for, this was... for, for no reason the other day, I, I yelled at uh, one of the guys over there because they parked in one of the studio spots. Yeah. I didn't need to yell. Yeah. But I did. And this doesn't mean you don't yell. This actually means I get more upset more often. Someone said something to me recently that I found very condescending. And I, I think I even put my hand on my chest and I was like, I, I, when you say that, I feel like you're saying, fuck me. And I, really, fuck you. <laughs> like, it came out like really loving. Yeah. But what I was saying was like deeply angry. Right. <laughs> I, feel like you're, I feel like you're being rude and fuck you. Yeah. yeah fuck you. But it was honest. Yeah. So it goes back to the booze. That was dishonest. I was, I was, my hands weren't on the wheel. I wasn't going, I want a drink. I'm going to have a drink. Right. Consciously. Yeah. You want to get fucked up? Do it. Yeah. But you do it. I do it. Yeah. You do it. Yeah. Don't just be like the it effect of advertising and the effect of your brain chemistry. Like I was, I was uh, using nicotine. I'm a real weird person, addict kind of guy. And I like having something that's like sort of benign to be addicted to, or at least that's what I told myself. So I was like, I, I always loved smoking a cigar, and then mm -hmm. I just broke it down. I was like, whenever I smoke a cigar, I have good ideas, so it must be nicotine. I researched it. Nicotine's a nootropic, uh, but it's also highly addictive. So I just started yeah. chewing the gum because I was like, it's kind of like caffeine. As soon as it became unconscious, I was like, fuck this shit. It's over. Right, when you couldn't control it, when it was and, like a, just a, when it was a routine. And someone said, your brain will quickly rearrange itself to want it. And I was like, I don't like that. Yeah, that's interesting. I like the way my brain is. And these things, we're unmanned. We're outgunned. You are. Human beings are outgunned. In here, we pour whiskey. whiskey. Is the old red rocket not filling up with fuel as fast as it used to? That's okay. Don't worry about it. ED is a real thing that a lot of guys have. It's not that big of a deal. Millions of men go through it. You know, you got a squeaky door. You got to kick, 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 kick. Put some oil on that, baby. Uh, when something's off in the bedroom, you know, you just, uh, you don't want it cycling through your head. That's why you got to get Roman.com slash whiskey right now. With Roman, you get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for your ED uh, from all the comfort and privacy of your own home. All right. A licensed healthcare professional will work with you for the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, ships you for free. Two-day shipping comes in a discreet package at the front door so people don't know what's going on with you because it's not their business. Mind your own business, Steve. Um, the whole process is straightforward, totally discreet. Getting started is easy. Just go to GetRoman.com slash whiskey, complete the online visit. Take care of your ED without leaving your home. Uh, it's uh, really convenient. Go to GetRoman.com slash whiskey right now. You'll get $15 off your first month. It's really time to take care of your ED, fellas. And remember, get started today, and you'll save $15 on your first order of ED treatment at GetRoman.com slash whiskey. Ginger. I like gingers. I say in particular, comedians tend to be addicts of all kinds. Yeah. But who knows what the addiction is, right? The easiest ones are booze and drugs and sex, but bigger than that are comedians are addicted to perfection. You're a, a lot of guys I know are addicted to, um, you know, to, to, to like unhealthy lapse behavior or like getting in your own way. Like yeah. that's a big addiction of like stopping your own growth. Well, it's like the, the gambling guy. That, yeah. Did you see Owning Mahoney, the mm -hmm. Phil Hoffman movie? Mm -hmm. It's like that reminded me of comedians. I've seen a lot of self-sabotaging It's big. Comedians. Wait, I want to go back. Le uh, Wait. 
Wait, uh, Brookstone. Brookstone. Uh, Brookstone. Wait, uh, no. two words. No, uh, Brooklinen. Brook, no, it's a. Y- your daughter is going to get a job at a movie theater. We were talking about. You oh, are going to make her get her why. first phone. Here's why. Because meaning is a construct. That doesn't mean it's not real. Mm-hmm. But if I, you know, if I gave this to you mm. and told you the story of where I got this, and then I made you like work for it, like you have to come clean. This is it. Everything's the same. Right. This is made of the same particles that you are. Mm. It's not special. Do you know every year 98% of your mo- atoms are replaced? 98%. They just... Every year. I know everybody knows that every seven years, every cell is replaced. Right. But every year, 98% of your molecules, atoms and molecules, are replaced. Huh. So this is you. This That's is Christ. Right. This is Gandhi. Well, whatever it is. That's this all is of your it. your dad. Yeah. Maybe not literally, but like it's a dinosaur, probably. It's, yes. It's the it's same something. particles as Blackbeard the pirate. Right. And if I imbue this cup, that's what meaning is. Mm. That's what community is. That's what comedy is. We agree that stand up is beautiful. Like when I saw you. Yeah. I, I'm going to say it on your podcast. I said it when you were on mine. I watched you and I remembered myself. It's like being filled with wind. <laughs> I watched you and I was like, right. Right. Part of the art is not being afraid yeah. and to own who you are to delight others. Right. And I and I just remembered myself. So that's why we're hard on the YouTubers and why we're hard on musicians. I have another theory on why we don't like musicians, like guitar acts and stuff. Why not? Because comedy is music. Comedy is you're the, this is Brian Regan. You're playing the audience. Mm-hmm. I, I add to it. Sometimes the audience, sometimes your instrument doesn't show up. Sometimes it's out of tune. <laughs> sometimes it's drunk. It's missing strings. But the alchemy is you go up and you create a rhythm. Yeah. Sort of based on your, on your heart. That's like what's going on and your elevated heart and you're bringing them into it. Just like when you play at a stadium, if they, mm-hmm. Oh, right. Everyone's Mm -hmm. heart sinks to that rhythm. Did you know that? Yeah. That's how susceptible we are. That's why sporting events can be so fun. Everyone is this. Yeah. Kill him. Yes. Kill him. Yes. It's why gladiators, warriors. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That's to get everyone's heartbeat elevated. Right. So your pupils dilate, and so you have better vision (laughs) to fucking kill things. Right. It's it's the drummer boy underrated. That's why, by the way, the drummer boy is why we're okay with the murder at the gladiators, because he's doing this, and everyone's like, do it. That's right. Do it. But on the walk home, you're like, God, they really did kill him, huh? That was just (laughs) terrible to watch that man get slaughtered. As soon as the drum is (laughs) over, you're like, wow. Wow. Did they have to pee on his skull? Why did (laughs) They peed his skull clean. He ripped out his eyeballs and then disconnected his uh, neck from his spinal column. And then the drummer comes back. It was pretty awesome. It was really cool to watch. I liked it. I really enjoyed really it. Really made me understand my dad. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, a lot of, lot of points flying around. Oh, but so we stand up like anything is a, is a cloud of belief, of, of thoughts that you carry in your head. One of them yeah. is... All of that shit I did on the road can't be for nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I hope not. So oh, there, my God, There's please. a vulnerability. So now yeah. there's stakes. There's a fire under the belief. You have to believe right. that it was for something. Yep. So do I. I'll admit that. I do. Uh, so there's, a, there's an agenda here. Mm-hmm. I want to make my life meaningful. But we all come together and watch each other and support each other. That's why those, those grab bag shows, 10, 15 comedians are so great, as opposed to going on the road alone. Right or with one opener or whatever, 
we can get together and remind each other, which is what you did for me, of what stand-up is and why it matters. You're delighting me. And I go, is it possible that people are delighted by me? Not, not in a narcissistic way, but am I also, the way I'm being served, am I serving? Yeah. Because that would be so mutually beneficial because I get so much out of it, but they need it too? Yeah. Fucking beautiful. That's how I understand uh, um, religious, uh, religious um, speakers of any kind, priests or whatever you want to call what are the pastors or whatever you want to call because they must see something. I never understood it because I was religious as a kid, you know, or grew up with it. And then I got rid of it because it didn't service me. And then now that I'm older, oddly enough, I've started to a little bit reconnect or understand it more. And I always wondered, what makes this guy think he's closer to God than the other 700 well, people in the room? Well, he knows he's not. I mean, no, 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 I know. But I always thought, start. what even gave him the impetus to want to do it? Right. And then I feel like as you grow in stand-up or whatever your profession is, that kind of gives you a little inkling of like, well, it's probably because he or she saw someone doing it and was like, I feel the exact same way. Yeah. And I know how to communicate. It's like it. carrying a flame. Right. And that's like he saw the flame. Yeah. The flame was good. Don't get me wrong. I was also burned by the flame. The flame can upset people and tell me my ding dong's evil. And, <laughs> and, and I was just thinking about it on the ride over. It, it is a type of abuse to tell me that Andrew Santino is going to hell. Which right. is the name of this podcast, right? It is. Andrew Santino is in hell. He's in hell. Forgive me. Yeah, sorry. Don't, just type in Andrew Santino hell in the podcast app. <laughs> or wherever you get podcasts. Oh, thanks for being so open-minded. <laughs> you don't know where I get my podcasts. That is such a condescending phrase. Right. Or wherever, wherever you get podcasts. Maybe you're listening in the future. Maybe there's a new app I don't know about. <laughs> Shut up. Shut up. Shut up. And that's it boiling right over the top. It's that's spilling right. over. Shut up. Well, what I liked about what we'd said about anger was it's not that you get rid of anger, but just perceive it honestly. Be angry. Yes, be angry about what you're actually angry about. Right. That's fucking real liberty. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it is. Everything that's been masked as liberty. This guy stole my spot. Fuck you! Let's turn the subtitles on. Daddy! <laughs> Daddy, <laughs> do you see me? <laughs> Have the courage to be angry that your dad never looked you in the eye. Right. You want to be be a man? Where do, I don't use Whatever that the phrase, phrase means. You, yeah. you want to have courage? Yeah. You want to be the, you want to go in the dark cave mm -hmm. like Luke Skywalker? Face your dad for real. And also know that it was you. Right. That it's in you. That you are your dad. Yes, and you do that. The mm. thing you hate about him is also boiling in you. Oh, God. This is, this is, this is, this deep. is deep. Anyway, so Leela's phone will mean nothing to her unless I just say to her, if you work for it, it'll mean more to you. So I'll give you more joy. Right. As opposed to just giving you the phone. Correct. It'll mean nothing. But I'd like to experiment to see if I can just be honest. Can I buy you a phone? Yes. But like, one of the things my Let's parents told me. Let's get a phone me, together. Yeah. That was the trick with my parents. Oh. Now, not in the phone world, because phones, we didn't, we, didn't, we didn't have phones when, you, you were know. with the good Santinos. Well, we did have some bad ones. <laughs> <laughs> no, my, we had, that was always kind of the exchange, was like, uh, we can help you get things, it, we can help you get things if you're doing it too. That's great. Yeah, that's why I, had a, that's why I was at McDonald's at 15. That's great. Well, was that great? I actually loved every single second of it. We have that in common. I, I loved. I, I, I worked loved in a movie it. theater, and I loved. But that. I also loved eating it and giving it to my friends for free, and them. Co I thought, you know Forget what's so funny? It, it used Forget to be embarrassing in film. Sometimes they do this, or in t television shows when you, you like, get spotted at work. Yeah, and people are like, 
fuck, I don't want her to see me working at the wiener hut. You know, me, I was just like, you guys, I'm at the fucking wiener hut. Yeah. Come get wieners. Yeah. Yeah, like right. I was excited for friends to come because I was like. I had a uniform? Yeah. Come on, I'm a pro. Yeah. I'm a professional. They gave me a fucking hat. We're back to I like to belong to things, which is why I didn't go in the program because part of me was like, I think you just want everyone to go like, one of us. One, one of us. Yeah, I'm partially. Sure. Because I have the same thing. I loved working at Bennigan's. Oh, Bennigan's. And that's to answer your question from a while ago. You'd get in the flow at the oh, lunch rush. Yeah, dude. It was great. And, and I was really feel, good at it. You feel like a you feel kinda you get a little cocky. Oh yeah. That's why that's why when someone goes, What's up with this waiter? Why is he or she, you know, yeah, just it because they're in the flow. They're in the flow. <laughs> and and you're, not. you're not. You're just <laughs> popping into their world. <laughs> and what what really hurt my feelings is every once in a while uh, someone hated it. Hated my style. Sure. Because they were little sets. Yeah, they are. And I would go up and I, I, I probably told this before on my own show, but who cares? I'd go up and I checked in after every course. Salads. How are the salads? Good. Uh, appetizers. How are these appetizers? Good. Entrees. How are the entrees? And he goes, you've asked us like three times mm-hmm. how we're doing. And I was like, oh, sorry. Walked away. And I, you go in the little wait station, just talk a blue streak about this fuck and guess what dipshit i'm not checking in on you ever a fucking again i hope you slurp down your arnold palmer right now you be speckled twat i hope you really really want an extra side of honey mustard because you'll never see me again doesn't exist i'll sacrifice my tip mm-hmm. as if you were gonna tip you don't clearly don't understand what service is <laughs> What if it wasn't okay? <laughs> then you're glad I'm saying, is everything okay? Mm-hmm. Also, what's going on in your day that a waiter named Moose, that's what my name tag said. Did it really? Moose. Because I was big like a, I am big like a moose. You're a moose. I'm a fucking moose. Uh, came by the table to make sure, you fucking child. <laughs> you are in my restaurant. I am Moose Bennigan. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Moose Bennigan. And I remember when I messed up. There was a, it's just a detail. They were a lesbian couple, older, and they got a baked potato soup, and it, it came out. Every, every once in a while, the baked potato soup of Bennigan's just would be wrong. What do you mean? It would taste be too bad? Thick. Or, oh, oh, the soup for was some made reason, poorly. It came out too thick. It was probably sitting under the heat lamp. Mm-hmm. And just congealed. It's yeah. disgusting. It's collecting bacteria. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so I serve it to them. They were clearly very excited about the baked potato, the loaded baked potato soup. Oh, right, yeah. And uh, it wasn't right. And she goes, uh, I still remember this boy. She goes, uh, she stuck her spoon up in it. She's like, look at this. And I go, I, it was like my second week. I go, I, I guess that's just how it comes out sometimes. <laughs> no, no. I guess, it's cement. I guess, that's I guess just... sometimes that's how it comes out. Like the fact that you just like resort, you're like, yeah, yeah I, guess I guess food is just shit here once in a while. <laughs> <laughs> Lady, you came to Bennigan's. What do you want me to do? I, uh, you know. What made it sadder or better, funnier, was that they had been there and they loved it. Oh. They were like going to get their favorite soup. This was a, a thing for them. They love this soup. So she knows. And I was like, I guess that's how it comes out sometimes. It was like that hyper literalness. Yeah. Or almost Aspie. I, we don't say Aspie anymore, but you know, on the spectrum ish. Mm-hmm. That I was just like, that's what's happening. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And they wrote a long handwritten note on the check. In like cursive too, blue pen cursive. And it said, your reaction over the baked potato soup left much to be desired. Mm -hmm. Then they tipped me like a dollar or something. 
And I was like, just don't tip. Man. Don't tip. Go That's ahead. my one rule. If you're out there and you're listening, if you're going to leave a shit tip, just don't, don't tip. tip at all. Just don't tip. I, I promise. And, and, and people are like, well, but the something's better than nothing. No, it's almost Hilarious. more mean. To leave me a dollar fifty yeah. on a fifty dollar bill. I'm I'm the opposite. If I get bad service, I'll tip more despite them. I do the exact same. Yeah, we do that only because yeah. we worked in the restaurant. Because we were waiters. Because I was a bartender. I was a waiter. I was a busboy. I was a bar back. Yeah, I was a fucking dishwasher. I did yeah. everything except for cook. Wow, it was the only thing I didn't do in a restaurant. So you get it. I, I mean, waiters always say that waiters should, everyone should be a waiter for six weeks. Uh, you, sh- I absolutely that is agree. Absolutely true. Make your daughter I'd a waiter. I love to see my dad bring someone a, a cold T-bone. <laughs> I just love to see it. Just the, the Actually, energy. Yeah. Just and they don't like it, and to watch the humiliation. Mm-hmm. Here's what we were talking about. I wanted to say before you were talking about Tiffany Haddish and how money changes you. You know what it is. It's and I love talking about it because I want us both to be aware of this. Yeah. People who well, for are, reference, I wasn't saying money changed her. I was no, saying no, no, money no. changes the worlds around you. You were right to point that out. Yeah. It wasn't about Tiffany. We were just talking about when people make it. When people get successful. I know you just had Tiffany on. Yeah. I notice I'm guilty of this too, but it's not that I'm an asshole. It's not that I, you know, <laughs> give someone $50 like a friend. Take out my trash. It's not like that. It's not you did go, do that to me when I came I to did, your house. I did, but you had an eagerness and you said you needed some roller I skates. I said I needed some roller skates and I said, this trash looks full. <laughs> hint, hint, hint. <laughs> you slide me a 50. You don't say anything because it's kind of a weird, embarrassing moment for us. And I go... I'll take out the trash. You know what's funny, man? The ri- the riff, the genesis of this riff is when my wife left me IRL. I was 28 <laughs> IRL. I was so depressed. Mm. But I also just started making money. It was one of the weirdest things in my life. And I, I still, I actually don't give a fuck. There was a time that I liked $50 bills. It was like a week. Because you know what a 50 says? Mm. I've been to the bank. I've been to the bank. I go to the bank. Because you can't get these anywhere. I bank. I bank. You can't get, if you do find an eight, there are a few ATMs that'll give you 50s, get them. Get them. Get them. Get all of them. It's a unicorn in your wallet. It really is. It's so special. Yeah. But also, fuck you. Like, don't do that. But it's fun. <laughs> so I had 50s. I was the E-Trade baby. I don't know if you knew that. The voice of the E-Trade baby. Yes. It, there were six E-Trade babies. I was just the one. You know the that, other five? Uh, yeah, we party. <laughs> we do a new- E-Trade you party? You know Ookie Cookies? <laughs> <laughs> what? It's like a circle jerk. Uh-huh. I'm just kidding. No, no, I do know. Who eats the cookie? No one. You're supposed to. I do. Yeah, you do. <laughs> <laughs> I was just, there was, oh boy. That's sort of apropos of what we're talking about. When you start making money, if I was currently the E-Trade baby and I made an ookie cookie, just to joke about the five grown people that voiced yep. the baby, jerking off on a cookie, I would be like, Andrew, can you edit that out? And that's the hook. That's the hook in you. Right. Meaning there's nothing for free. Right. Like, I didn't have it with Judd, but if, when I was doing the show, if somebody was like, fuck it, Judd, I fucking it, I'd have to be like, <laughs> like, at least set it out. Right. So there's always a... You, always, have to, you do this, you go, you don't like Judd, huh? You have to do that. That's, that's how I do those things. If someone says something that I disagree or agree with on the show... Just load them. Yeah, because I can't... What can I do? I'm not going to sit here and fight for my side of something. It's too hard. I remember Adam Pally came on and talked at length about how he didn't like Judd Apatow. And this is before I was working with him. And, and, and I'm so... Maybe, uh, maybe I'm too slick. Adam is such a real ham and egger. Like, he's a real dude. Yeah. Like, you talk to Adam Pally, you get the real thing, including yeah. I don't like 40-year-old virgin or whatever. No, it was, this is 40. This is 40. Isn't it funny? This is 40-year-old virgin. Anyway, he This w- is a 40-year-old virgin. Yeah, that's what it's called in Japan. <laughs> <laughs> in Japan? Here. And in, in, Here, in, in a Sweden, virgin it's who behold. Is, behold. A virgin who is 40 now. <laughs> I love those translations. Forty-year-old virgin is—it sounds like it was a foreign movie. Yeah, d- because it's just like the forty-year-old virgin. It's like 
What's it really called? Because the title here would have been something like it would have been like the, the, lo- the you know the lapdash, <laughs> and it's Gerald Lapdash. <laughs> what happens when you just can't get it wet? Lapdash. Lapdash. I don't know what it would have been. It wouldn't have been lapdash. You no, were kind to yes and. I was trying, or at least, or at least yeah, laugh. But that's also like how Transformers over. You know, what Transformers is called uh, in Eastern Europe. Tell me, it's called car car that changes. Car that changes. Car that changes. And isn't that really what transformer means? It's car that changes. It's car that changes. <laughs> we think it's cool because we're like, yeah, but they transform, but they're the transformers. Like they avenge, but they're the avengers. It's a car that changes. It's a car that changes. Right. <laughs> Just have the courage to say, I like those cars that change. <laughs> That's also it. Like with wrestling, yeah. I understand that they're really hurting themselves, exerting themselves. It's a real sport and all sure. that. Sure. But you can also be like, it is a... Pre-planned drama. It's a play. Involving athletics. Mm-hmm. Not putting it down, but have the courage. All, it, all my friends that are wrestling fans would give you that. Well, well, a lot of my, a lot of people, like Funches, I know, is big, is, is big into it. And we've, his, his jokes about it, which I don't want to step on his jokes, but his jokes about, of course I know it's fake, yeah. are brilliant. Because then he goes into, into this depth of like, that's why I, I'm in love with it. If it was real. Right. It would be unfortunate great, as fuck. What a weird, a creepy. Great, right. There's he, really a guy who thinks he's the Undertaker, <laughs> and he sad. really comes in with smoke, and he's really into the meat. <laughs> man, that is a real. I love the bit that got me my talk show was I love magic. I did the joke about I love magic. Um, it's like Shane Torres has that bit. I love Guy Fieri. Mm-hmm. I just love bits that take the comedic perspective, which is magic is fake, and say I like magic. So. Ron being like, I know it's fake, that's why I like it, yeah. is exactly, what are you using the power of comedy to say? Is, mm-hmm. is something that Val is good at like asking me. And, you know, sometimes it's used for not the best purposes. Yeah, but, but, but a lot of times comedy also needs a place of, uh, uh, I'm saying nothing, I just want to point out something that makes me laugh. Absolutely. Yeah, sometimes My favorite bit, unicorn, unicorn, it has one horn. How about unicorn? <laughs> right. Just yelling that. It's not even funny when you say it. Just no, but it is, though. <laughs> and that is, so recognize, around that time I wrote Unihorn, mm-hmm. and I couldn't make it work. And then when I found my confidence, yeah. I realized the joke is that I'm yelling something so stupid. Mm-hmm. It's not just the words. It's the passion with which I'm, the incredulity, <laughs> incredulity that Siri? I'm saying it. Incredulity. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. She loves incredulity. She loses it. Oh, I feel like we're both saying it wrong. Anyway, well, I forgot what we were saying, and it doesn't matter. Just we've gone a thousand. We, we've gone. Um, big old ding dong. We are trees every time we speak. It, and it's like, and I'm on this branch, and I go, Pete, get over here. And you jump to this branch, and then at, when you get there, I'm already on a new yeah, branch. And then when I'm jumping, I think of something, and I, I change right, You follow course. a different branch. I just fall and break my neck. Um, what? I had oh, something. I, I want to ask go something ahead. from the beginning oh, of the show. Yeah. You said, "Ugh, I'm so schlubby," right yeah, before we that's started. Right. Yeah, Why did I'm you so say schlubby. that? Ah, Kenya, Baba Gitsi, Baba, Wenya. None of us know the words, but we know the tone. Of course. Paul Simon comes in. Hey, this is pretty good. Diamonds on the soles of a shoe. They're like, Paul, you don't just fucking come on. What are you doing? Every time he comes in here. I can't articulate it, but Paul Simon is singing wrong. He is, actually. That's, right? that's funny. Yeah, he is. is. Isn't he? Yes. He's singing wrong, but it's what we like about him. Yeah. But when he's like... It's why people like Dylan, too. 
That's right. Dylan was wrong. It totally wrong. was wrong. Yeah, it was so wrong. But Paul Simon is wrong. Like, he, he hits yep. a note, and it's like, ah. <laughs> You're like, was that it? <laughs> but then you hear something that's auto-tuned and it's perfect, and your dick goes soft. And that sounds wrong. It sounds wrong. And it's like, I love the thing in The Matrix where they're like, when it was perfect, everyone kept waking up yeah. and died. Like, we can't accept. So somebody said this to me recently. They're like, all of entertainment is surprise. And that's why if the line... Uh, uh, Jason Schwartzman did my podcast and we talked about this. There's a line in Fantastic Mr. Fox. The line is, he says, eat this mud. And then Jason Schwartzman's character says, I'm not going to eat mud. I'm not going to eat mud. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to eat mud. That's how I would say it. I'm not going to eat mud. I'm not going to eat mud. He goes, I'm not going to eat mud. He hits eat. Oh, that's very funny. And it becomes a true delight. Right. Watch any TV show, it, the people that you love and you can't quite put your finger on it, they're saying it weird. Right. Like Christopher Walken, but like less. He's just doing it like crazy. <laughs> yeah, how did he even get to that voice? At some point, there was a moment in his life when he goes, I need now. He did it on the toilet or something. He was in the shower. Oh, yeah. And he's reading lines, and he goes, now. It's one of my favorite things about Ryan Gosling. You. Ryan Gosling is Canadian, I think. Is he? And he talks like he's from Brooklyn. Yeah, he does have a... You can find... Right. Hey, how you doing? How you doing? It's me, Ryan Gosling. It's Ryan Gosling. I don't know. I just, you know, Emma's a, an angel. What do you want? What do you want? The notebook. What do you want? Tell me what you want. The In- notebook. Instead, instead you of. You wanted me to know. The notebook. The notebook. Instead of, what do you want, eh? <laughs> what is it you want? Let's put it this way. He hey, what do you want, eh? He doesn't say sorry. Sorry. Here's my point. Sorry, what do you want? He, in interviews, has flat out said, I wanted to sound like a young Marlon Brando. Mm. So he just did it. Yeah. So then you, uh, Phoebe Bridgers did my podcast too, and we talked about how do you pick this voice? We're back to the lineage. Yeah. You're looking at what was cool to you and you're faking it. What did you, what do you, what did you pick? What did you pick? My voice. What do you think you picked? Well, Brian Regan and, and, uh, starting comedy with TJ, he, he did like, TJ showed me how like, kind of like, like an effeminate sort of voice was funny. TJ had like a, uh. Get him back! Get back. Like that that sort of stuff. He did a lot of Chicago. A lot of Chicago. Yep. Like that. Which by the way is Bill Murray. 100%. Which, by the way, is Chris Farley. Fat guy Fat in little, a little coat. David, what's happening? I'm not saying that to take away from Chris Farley. I'm saying we're all doing it. Again, more encouragement. Anybody that's starting out and you feel like a fraud, everyone's pretending it. You watch me doing stand-up when I'm two years in. It's, it's in, you can't even recognize me. Really but that's a good, I think that's so that's good. good. I yeah. was paying attention. I was right. absorbing. So you're a product of your environment. So, like, if you're with horrible comedians... You better shift. You're like tofu. You're sucking in all that shit. Get with some good comedians. Coming up next to the stage, you've seen this guy, clubs and colleges. It's tofu. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. There's bits to do there. I don't know. I think I know. Well, I know I've stolen. People mock me incessantly saying I'm Bill Burrish, but that's also this redheaded thing. Oh, yeah. This energy of redhead that I have. Well, I think redhead right away. So a joke is a... It's not always, but it's a benign violation. I'm saying the benign violation, meaning a safe breaking of the rules yeah. with unicorn, is that I'm yelling it. That's the violation. Yeah. You shouldn't be yelling that. <laughs> I also think when you go on stage and you're a redhead, people do, it's an advantage. People go, there's a redhead. There's sort of like a, it's it's not a disability, but people it do kind of look. <laughs> it is. <laughs> people unfairly sort of go, I think it's real primal. It's like, he can't blend in. Right. If we're hiding, 
He's, he's you're gone. He's gonna get killed first. You're dead. When we ran from the cops as kids, I just would stay still because I was like, they're gonna get me. They're gonna get you. They're all gonna chase me. <laughs> That's what they do. The cops, as they would run, they go, Get over here, leprechaun! And they would all laugh, and I was like, fellas, cut it out. I was saying they were Irish, spinning their nightsticks. Oh, you're a good lad. You didn't even run. Have a nipple whiskey. They let me have a sip, tap me on the tush, and go home. Of course. And of course I Tuck my thumb, and that's when I fly away. <laughs> wow. That's what we do. We fly away. Yeah, it is kind of... I, I, but it's a it's a little bit like a, oh, this this poor bastard. Well, you know what it is? I don't feel it's an advantage as much as it is... Um, I'm a, I get... In the way that, like, if you tag team in comedy, right, and there is no host, and it's Pete brings up so-and-so, brings up so-and-so, and so-and-so. Sometimes people struggle because there is no reset, quote unquote. You know, yeah. it's nice to have a host to reset. I think I'm naturally a reset. For some reason, people oh, see me and I'm kind of like a natural You're reset. The sorbet. I'm the sorbet in between courses. Right. I'm a, <laughs> I'm a palate cleanser. Bill Burr told me I was so lucky in the people that I opened for when I was starting, and I owe that a lot to Dan Kaufman, another uh, very funny comedian. Rest in peace. He's alive. <laughs> Rest in peace. I hope he's just resting peacefully. Yeah, that has nothing to do with this. <laughs> why do only the dead? They're yeah. gone, and we're wishing them rest in peace. Yeah, why? It should be, Give Pete, it to, yeah. I'm going Ray, to bed. Rest, rest in, in peace. peace. Rest in peace. Rest in peace. I love you. Good night. Rest I'm in peace. I'm trying to rest in peace right now. Right. Why is it just for the croaks? <laughs> I call dead people croaks. The croaks. You drive by, uh, uh, <laughs> drive by funeral. Look at that croak, huh? Uh, <laughs> Putting that croak in the ground. I want, oh, Dan would get me gigs that mm-hmm. occasionally he couldn't do. And he got me Bill Burr and Jim Gaffigan were wow. the two comedians that I was were back in Germany. Pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty good. And I love telling this. Again, encouraging. I told Gaffigan that I, he was like, what are you doing this other weekend? And I was like, I'm actually opening for Bill Burr. And it was just a club, headlining a club. Bill Burr, yeah. headlining a club. This is probably 2004. Mm-hmm. And he goes, Billy Burr? Mm-hmm. He couldn't believe that Bill Burr was headlining. Yeah. Which, that's not because he didn't think Bill was funny. He just didn't think he worked the road or whatever it was. So he wasn't putting him down. Right. And I just love that, like, now they're they're pretty much the two of the biggest comedians in the world. I would say, yeah, they are two yeah. of the biggest. Yeah, that's so, well, but also you feel like that about people. You're going to feel like that about people as we go on uh, that you didn't know were. Oh, yeah. You know, like, that's also, you're like, oh, I don't even know. It's already happened, I'm sure. Right. I mean, I, I sort of felt that way. Let me see. Well, it's not nice to point it out, but there are definitely people where you're like, really? <laughs> One of my favorites is Hannibal. Yeah. When I was starting in Chicago, yeah. uh, Kumail and I moved to New York. I moved a little bit before him, and then Kumail followed me. Uh, we yeah. joke, I was like McDonald's, and he, you know how Burger King opens where McDonald's Right is? across the so street. He Burger Kinged me. Right. But it was great. I, Kumail was, is the best. He wasn't like, what am I saying? I'm afraid I'm he offending Burger King Kumail. You. He Burger King me, that son of a bitch. Uh, no, but we, we both had the same plan. We were like, <laughs> we're going to go east. When you're in Chicago, you're like, are you going to go east and really like suffer more winter to be like a really good stand-up? Right. Or are you going to go west and kind of be a little bit risk, risk being premature out of the oven? Because mm-hmm. I, I look at New York as where you gamble. Big time. You, you play the cards. Yeah. And you cash in your chips in L.A. Mm-hmm. The whole story of our country reads east to west. Mm-hmm. Don't go west. I went west. Until you're ready. I went west. You did. I started west. You started well, west. I started in That's L.A. That's why there's something sort of unholy about that. Yeah, I like, started we don't in like L.A. That. Yeah. East Coast comics are always like, uh, L.A. guys. But the difference to me was guys would move to L.A. I started in this fucking place. 
That's okay. I'll give you a pass which was, for that. Which was remarkably and the way, hard and shit because by, but all I'm fighting is I'm fighting fame to get on stage. That's right. There's famous people all over the stage. That's right. Where I, if I went to New York, There'd at least a, I'd be more with my own. There's a hobo on fire literally blocking your way to the stage. <laughs> yeah. But no, there's a, there's a grind here for sure. That's, that's not even really what I meant. I, and by the way, the people that chose LA, Kyle, Kinane, Matt Bronger, these are some of the funniest people alive. So yeah. it wasn't a wrong choice. No, but, it, it, but it's a completely different world. Like it, we start, like, and I've talked to Burr about that because he still says he's a, you know, a New York comic or he, that's what he had to, but like LA guys kind of own him as ours because he's been here for long enough now where you're like, yeah, that's he's a New York comic, but he lives here. He is here. He's a, he's LA, you know? Yeah, he is LA. And, and I it, would say he got famous here. Yeah. yeah well, like, he, he gambled in New York and then he cashed in his chips in LA. But I don't think, but I think he gambled in New York got and, and did well, but he, but he blew up when he was here in Los Angeles. I wonder what it was. I, I think I think Burr? I know what the moment was. What was it? Well, I would say I know he was fame. He was doing very well, but I think when he did that um, that Philly rant that's very famous online, where he shits on the crowd for twenty minutes because do you and you know yeah. the story? You know why he did that? No. Dom Herrera, <clears throat> who's a Philly native, is on this show. I don't even remember. It was like a I don't remember the specifics, and I'll probably fuck it up. And Bill will be like, "Dude, you fucking told it wrong," and <laughs> and and uh, but Dom got. Dom had gotten booed or people were fucking being rude and rowdy. Uh-huh. And Burr was well-established at this point. But I think that tape getting leaked online of him berating the crowd for, sh- for booing Dom or disrespecting his time is what really woke up the rest of the country. Because stand-ups yeah. are disillusioned with the ideas like, I sell out everywhere, dude. I'm famous. It's like, no, you're fucking not, dude. You're famous to a remarkably tiny group of people. Yeah. Right? But I think Bill then became bigger than that because people outside of comedy it's like my dad would be well, like did you Rock's see this definition clip of fame is right when people your mom know who you are. right he's he, people's moms people's know moms you. know who you are yeah and it's like do people that don't like comedy know you now you're famous and now you're famous because you're bigger right. but i think that i might be wrong but my perception always was when that happened it elevated him to a level where that's really smart he became some people were like that guy's a genius he shit on them for fucking 20 minutes and it was all improv about the 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 well, it was the, being real like yeah, you could tell it so was real. real so real he wasn't faking it no this was i'm mad at you you disrespected my friend Th- this is so fucked and now you don't even deserve a good show yeah ironically they got probably the best show they've ever gotten in That's their entire right. life right? right it's like when he made fun of rocky marciano and and he was <laughs> you he's like you racist pieces of shit you you imbo- you fucking put up a statue of a f- of a fake loser nobody instead of some of the greatest boxers of all time that have come from here. And then he says, I, I oh hope you get face-fucked on the way home, God. you racist. Dude, it's just, he goes in I these... I don't think I've ever watched the oh, whole thing. Oh, it's so, so good. It's Wow. And you can tell every nugget of it is but it's uh, honest. Oh, you yeah. You just want... That goes back to people that are doing an impression of a comedian will never be a comedian. comedian. Yeah. Not to make it too self-important, but I think that's what made Bill... I, I agree with you instantly. That he, like, you... Something like that could only be done by the real thing. Right. Right? It's, well, like, it's like Tig's uh, Largo set where she just found out she was sick. I mean. Same sort of thing. The po- we talked the other night about the power of, um, uh, uh, I'm, I'm going to say it wrong, though. It's, it's, it was Di Stefano. No. Yeah, Di Stefano. Di Stefano? 
Uh, oh, you know no. the moth set that he yeah, did. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I always go it, to I always go to De Stefano because I because that's Chris, my buddy. But, but his name is Mike. Mike De Stefano. Mike De Stefano. If you've never seen that moth, yeah, it's one of the most because he talks about HIV and what he eventually passed away from. But he talks so honestly that the story is groundbreaking because you're like, I can't believe you can be this real and this funny at the same time. Right. And so heartbreaking. That's why I think it's weird. I'm not trying to take us back to the to spiritual pursuits, but I was thinking about it on the way in. I was like, I do, I understand why comedians aren't religious. We're, we're at the back table making fun of the groups, mm-hmm. right? I, we don't want to belong to groups. But the exploration by any means of what is really going on here. Because what's great about Mike's set, even uh, Burr's set, is like something real happened. And when something really real happens, meaning we're not drinking unconsciously, we're drinking consciously, or, or we're being honest and we're saying, instead of yelling at somebody for stealing your parking spot, you scream, Daddy, why didn't you love me? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. We love it. That's what we look for in our art, our actors, our relationships. We're looking for something real. Yeah. If you're lucky enough to have a partner... I'd, I'd say try ask them if they want to look in the stare you in the eyes for three minutes. Put on a song that's three minutes long and just look them in the eye for three minutes. You'll both cry. It's amazing because it's something real. Yeah. And everything else is just window dressing. Mm-hmm. This is window dressing. This is bullshit. I'm not saying it's bad bullshit, but it's Pete. <laughs> I've learned these little <laughs> conversations. <laughs> my laugh. Yeah. My smile. My the jokes that I make. The compliments that I give you. It's not fake. It's just not the realest of the real. Well, it can't be. It can't be. Because if you went around all day being the most realest of the realest of the real, it'd be exhausting. Exactly, sure. Or you just wouldn't fit in. It would just be absolutely... If you're not playing the game at all, I've had people that go on meds and they just get, they're just they softened a little too much. Yeah. And they're not there. They haven't got their dose right. This is years ago in college, I remember being like, where'd you go? Where'd the show go? I right. I the show. Mm. So I'm not saying... what The thought that I had on the way in, I was like, if we really knew what spirituality truly was, not just stop jerking off, stop swearing, mm-hmm. don't get an abortion, uh, don't have sex before marriage, whatever it is, whatever you think it is. Um, I, I'm like, comedians are, are hardwired to want to know what's going on here. Right. Like, for real. And, and, and mysticism, which is different from religion, is the experiential knowledge. It's experience. Like, I, like Russell Brand would say, the force that's animating the universe, Dante's definition of God, by the way, which I love, is the love, the yes, that hung the stars. We can agree that the stars are out there, and we can agree that there's a force or yeah. something going on. Well, let's just call it God, is the love that hung the stars. So Russell Brand's meditation is, can that force pass through me? I'm just trying to close the circuit. Mm-hmm. It's coming, and I'm part of it. That's what Richard Rohr says, just close the circuit. And you can have... It might be ineffable, meaning you can't describe it to anybody else. But don't you want to be in on the joke? Mm-hmm. That's like, I guess sometimes I get people being like, oh, how odd. Like a, a, a comedian who's interested in spiritual things. I'm like, it seems really natural. Yeah, it seems right on the, it right? seems actually very on the money. And that's been the phenomenon of my podcast is I have people on. Yeah. We actually ran out of time. We didn't talk about God very much, but which was, which is fine. Mm. That happens sometimes. Yeah. But usually, if you can take away the shame and the dogma, most comedians do have a curiosity about what's going on here. I mean, that... I do, yeah. If you just want to, like... Again, I don't know why I'm bringing a message of hope to people. I do guess it. I, I need it. We need it. We're all in this together. That's, yeah. that's another cliche that is so true. Of course it is. You're here 
at the same time I'm here. Fucking unbelievable. And I know we have traditions that we can study and look to, and that's really great to kind of start piecing together what might be going on. We might build a story or a framework. But, like, one thing is for sure is you woke up in something that you didn't ask for and that you don't understand. And no one, I don't care if the book on the Harvard crest is open, we don't understand what's going on here. Mm-mm. That is a, that's a, that's a brand. Like, you, you're exactly the same predicament as me. And the clock's running out. I mean, I, I don't personally think that... <laughs> death is anything to be feared or that it's the end. I don't think it's necessarily as linear as we have been told in the religious tradition that you wake up and you're on a cloud and there's your dead dog and stuff. I think that's a good metaphor for potentially what might happen when you die. Would be funny if that's the literal thing that does happen. I do think you get what you expect, so I wouldn't be surprised if some people have some version of that. They're on a cloud with their, by the with way, their dog. People smoke DMT and they get visions like that. Have you ever? No, I haven't, but like you sort of get what you expect, meaning... Th- that's sort of how this world is, too. Right. You sort of get what you expect. And that's why abuse is so horrible when, when children and young people are sort of indoctrinated into a fear-based... Uh, and I'm not saying there aren't, like, practical things to be afraid of. The, we could have an earthquake right now, and we're both just dead instantly. You're an aneurysm. Please. Thinky. Oh, you want it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you get it. Shake it up, baby. Shake it up. I want it. There is part of me. Nah. The world's ready for a reset. Hilarious. You don't think it's us? You. The arrogance that people think that like we're gonna last forever or like we can fix all the things and that's why I do think that when whatever is, the God. pandemic was proof that you're like just watch watch things hit you out of nowhere. That's right. And shake up everything. But by the way, that is true Christianity to me mm. is the embrace of the dark. Yeah. So much of Christianity is just. Everything is jolly. That's all resurrection theology, which is definitely a huge part of it. Massive, But the other part of it, which in equal measure is crucifixion. Mm -hmm. Richard Rohr, I'm quoting him because he's a Franciscan friar and my friend, and I love him to death. He says this, and I told him, I was like, if you said that on stage, it would get a laugh. He goes, it's absurd that all of this prosperity gospel stuff worship a naked Jewish loser. (laughs) And that is the... The scandal of the cross. <laughs> yeah. I don't mean to sound, I know I'm really preaching saying the scandal of the cross, but like the image of the crucifix is a naked, yeah. beaten, yeah. tortured, mm-hmm. spat upon, humiliated loser. Mm. Meaning by the world's standards. He's not in the gold palace. Right. He's not rich. Right. He didn't have a big influence. Right. The, the churches that Paul was writing to, 40 people. A hundred years after Christ, roughly, forty people. Is that that's your big religion? Right. I know it's the big religion now, but it took a lot of doing. Yeah, it's crazy. And the one that we have now doesn't even resemble the naked, humiliated. It's the faith of death and resurrection. So when we when you joke, mm-hmm. I think that the reason why that's so funny mm-hmm. is because it's all of it. Right. The, the whole and that that goes back to us suffering on the road. It goes back to Leela suffering, working, to buy a phone and then it meaning more. It's both. Yeah, this, yeah. And it goes back to the matrix. When it's perfect, everybody wakes up because you can't accept it. We know that great love and great suffering, this is Richard Rohr again, is what wakes us up to the mystery. Let's not even say God, but like those moments of brokenness yeah. or those moments where you're loved ah, so perfectly. You ever have someone forgive you? Hi, ah, damn. <laughs> mm-hmm. You ever have someone forgive you? Yeah, it's heavy. I, 
I had a moment when Val and I were long distance. I had unprotected sex. Uh, it, we, we weren't exclusive. We were long distance. I saw her once a month or something. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I had a weird rule. I was like, I'll, I'll only have like exceptional sex. <laughs> I don't even mean the person. Like, I want it to be like so in the cards. Right. I didn't go out looking for it. But no, like, it had to be kismet almost. If it, yeah. it was like an amazing story. Right. Like, holy shit. And that happened. And I'm not, I'm not proud of it. I'm not, whatever. It is what it is. Uh, for some reason, probably erectile dysfunction, I, we took the condom off. Mm-hmm. This whole world of sexual <laughs> vulnerability that people just don't talk about. Right. Sometimes you take the condom off because it's not you can't do it. Right. Because you're having sex in a mitten. Yeah. I don't encourage that. Please practice. Safe Please sex. have sex in a mitten. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember in a moment of panic, uh, we agreed. Let's just try it without it. Yeah. I I know I'm good. One of those moments. Mm-hmm. You good? You good? Are you good? Are you good? Yeah, Are you is good? this okay? Are you good? It was definitely. Everybody was on board. And you both go. But, <laughs> and then, you know, I think I knew Val was coming. This is again when we were dating. And she was coming in a week or something. And I went to the doctor and I was like, can you test me? And just to be really super safe, because I'm about to have sex with someone I love very deeply. Mm-hmm. And I had casual sex. And then, and then Val came and the test didn't come. She, she showed up on a Friday and I was waiting. I'm calling the doctor. I'm like, <sighs> anything? Anything and they're like, I think we'll have it Monday. And I was like, oh, shit, it's not gonna, that won't not gonna be on Monday. time. I have to wear a mitten all weekend. <laughs> it's the middle of summer and I put on a mitten. One dick mitten. <laughs> One dick mitten. We should make Sir, do you sell dick mittens here, please? Dick mitten dick condoms. Mitten. So I'm in a I'm in a def I'm at a deficit. Yeah. I was in love with Val. I know that sounds very strange that I had sex with somebody else, but it really was it was casual and, and fun and and it had been a while since Those I things had can sex. coexist. Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. I, and, and it was mutual. She could do that too. Uh, so she came and visited, and I had to be like, you ever, you rem- it's hard to get in touch with how in the hole you feel. Mm-hmm. Someone you love. Mm-hmm. I love this girl. Mm-hmm. And I have to go, and the first thing we're going to do is have sex. When you're long distance, then I'm First thing you want to do. First thing you're, you're going to want to do is have sex. Yeah. And we're, we start kissing, and, and you have to stop, literally stop love to go hey i we need because you're gonna know when i put on a condom we were using other methods birth control and uh she i'll never forget it it was one of those it was her philly set (laughs) (laughs) she didn't try to forgive me she was forgiveness you know when someone tries to love you sucks yeah someone just is love not to be weird but the set i had last night i came home val val couldn't come we didn't have a sitter. And she said, I was your set. And I said, I didn't do comedy. I was comedy. That's, that's what you want. Mm-hmm. That's what Ram Dass actually said to me, a little spiritual name drop. He said, don't do comedy, be comedy. And you know those sets? Mm-hmm. Where you realize, like, oh, I'm comedy. I'm comedy. Yeah. Meaning, it doesn't matter what I'm saying. I'm comedy. And that's what Val was. She was forgiveness. You right. can tell. Right. Someone's <laughs> kind of pissed. She just... What what is it? It's 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 love is a yes, it's a yes. Yeah, that's what's so great about uh, friend, male friendship is in particular. I'm sure girls have it too. Is you can tell me anything. Yeah, like fr- guy friends. Yeah, that's a beautiful thing, and that's what Val and I strive for. It's like I'd really like to have a relationship where I don't have to go to my guy friends to tell them what I really think about your fucking parents or whatever <laughs> it is. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Can we talk? Yeah, tell me now how can you think about our parents. Be... <laughs> I mean. 
<laughs> Here it is. Off mic. Yeah. I'm just kidding. I love her parents, but I mean, like everybody's parents, there's something to complain about. Sure. You see what I'm saying? I that that's worth mentioning a, a good relationship theory. Like why, and some people aren't there yet. It takes an exceptional person, I think, or or a very safe environment to go. I don't want to call Joe DeRosa to tell him what I really think about this. Right? Can I just tell you? Mm. That's good. And 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 that's we definitely have that. And right? you've got you got you get there. Yeah, but that's that's a testament to Val. Big and, time. And holding out for somebody like that. But that moment where she for, where she forgave me um, was was what we're talking about. That was so your Philly set. My wife leaving me, like Leonard Cohen said, uh, the cracks are what lets the light in. So mm -hmm. I was broken. Yeah. But then like the light starts coming in. Wouldn't have asked. Wouldn't have asked for it at the time. Didn't want it at the time. Now need it. I'm so grateful for it. Yeah. I'm afraid of who I would be if that hadn't happened to me. Yeah. I have a friend going through a divorce right now, and I, I said to him, I'm such a schmuck. I was like, I'm excited for you. I know something is dying. What's dying? The you that thought you would never get divorced mm -hmm. is, is dying to death. But that's... Something new. The, the point. Right. That it's death and resurrection. And if you're dying, that's the pattern of the universe. Right. I don't just mean spiritually, philosophically. The way the world works. Right. The mouse dies, goes into the earth. Resurrection is just a word for change. Goes into the earth. Plant grows. These are... The only, the only thing that would trip that up is if you actually died in the middle of your divorce. Hilarious. Then, you're, then that's it. Well, that's actually... He's like, look at him. I'm ready for the change. That's... And then he dies. Brilliant. <laughs> because in that conversation, I said... Maybe not in a way you understand and maybe not even a way that applies to you and your story. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I said, and maybe I shouldn't have said this, I was like, you could get hit by a bus today. You could die heartbroken. You know what I mean? Sure. You don't always get the closure of a movie. I imagine it happens often. I thought that when I was in the throes of my divorce. I was like, what really sucks is I could just die and that's how I felt. <laughs> yeah. I felt really sad and then I, and then I was gone. So we can't confuse everything happens for a reason, which is like sort of weak. It's a weak way of stating what I'm saying. I'm saying like, zoom out. You are like a little part of the mosaic. Even your heartbreak, you were carrying a piece of the suffering of the world, of the universe. Like it was your turn to hold the fucking diarrhea <laughs> seeping through your hands. <laughs> and just like we were saying, you're part of a lineage there's a weird way, like when you eat shit. So this is my point in crashing. Marina, Marina Franklin says to me something that um, Jim Gaffigan said to me. But she says in the show, she goes, if it sucks, that's how you know you're doing it right. Mm. And that is... That's true. That's just true kind of with everything. Yeah. Like if you're risking it, if you're playing with it, if you're in relationship, it's going to suck at some point. It has to. And that's how you know you're doing it right. Because guess what? You can hole up, play it safe, squirrel away your money, only eat one, <laughs> only eat Cheerios. You'll survive. Yeah. You'll live until you're 85, 95. Yeah. But what the fuck happened? Go get your heart broke. We sound like two <laughs> Irish mystics. Go get your heart broke. She's out there, isn't she? <laughs> the, go get her, my the, lad. The woman that will destroy you. Yes. But that's death. But, the, but, but. And then resurrection. And resurrection again. Which doesn't mean you become a famous comedian. It does, though. In my case. <laughs> <laughs>
The depth of this was so wonderful, Pete. I love you. When, um, when do we start? We, we are I gonna, hope I didn't preach minutes. too much. I was, in the, minutes. I was in the mood. I want to give you a gift, and then I want you to do something. This is homemade banana bread with chocolate chips inside of it. Do you Ooh, like banana bread? Yeah. Take that home, kiddo. What did you do? None of your business. None of your goddamn business, all right? I don't ask you how you do things. Uh, so funny. We end the episode the same way. You're going to look inside that camera right there. You're single. It. Huff it. it. Huff it is what we call it. Nanner bread. That smells great. Isn't it? Yeah, this wait till you, you taste it. you tell me it's Drake's? It is. It's Drake's cakes. Drake's cakes. Uh, on third and... <laughs> <laughs> it's Rake's Cakes. It's actually Rick Ross uh, makes, uh, the rapper Rick Ross makes uh, banana bread. I met him. Busy Bone, make Busy Bones banana bread from Bone Thugs and Harmony. I met them. Did you really? You At met so many. Uh, no, no, I did. I stop did. it. I think I met, I met Bone Thugs. I don't know if Harmony was there. Where was Harmony? I didn't see a young woman. <laughs> uh, I did the red car. I, I know we're trying to end. Get fucked. Is that That's what, not is that, what, is that you, what you do. do. Get Fuck. Yeah, you're supposed to end the episode with a word or a phrase, but it's got to be something else. Oh, I feel like I uh, I was too spiritual and I want to end on a joke. No, no, you weren't. There's no such thing because we went through a big wave on the show of going Vince. from fun and then get you real. You feel okay about it? Uh, I'm not. I don't mean. Uh, I wouldn't say that. <laughs> I just want to make sure we're not ending on like a. I'm okay with ending on something real. No, I like that. Sometimes I think. Well, there it is. I just pause on you right now. Uh, I want you to look in there and do one word or one phrase that it can be um, woo-woo-y and shit. Well, who cares? It's your time to shine. Okay, well, uh, can I talk about it first? I was just going to say, I usually say one word or one phrase, but because I know you're windy, I'm going to let you fly. I'm going to tell you why I'm saying it. Mm -hmm. Because if there's any piece of woo-woo advice that I can give that will make your life, my life, it does make my life better especially when you're getting fucked, <laughs> is my mantra. Imagine if I said it that way. Oh, God. My mantra. I would delete these tapes. I'm of like, that's, he didn't come in at all. No. <laughs> he didn't show. <laughs> he didn't show. It was a no-show. My editor, where is it? He didn't show. He didn't show. Yeah. Is, uh, yes, thank you. So it's in English. So if you're having something happen, your mom breaks your heart mm. and says, I saw your special. It was like being dragged to hell. <laughs> Something my mom said. Instead of resisting it, you say, yes, thank you. You say it to the line. You say it to the traffic. You say it to the heartbreak. You say it to the bad meal. You say it to whatever. Or you look at a tree. You look at a flower. You look at a sunset. Instead of thinking, this is a pretty tree. This is a colorful sunset. Just say, yes, thank you. Or you can try meditating with it. It's the biggest life hack I can offer. It's just basically non-resistance, but it's also appreciation. Uh, so that's what I'll say. Yes, thank you. Pete, yes, thank you. Fucking, you ever have diarrhea on a plane? No, oh, man! In here, we pour whisk, 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 whisk. You were that creature in the ginger beard. Sturdy ginger. Like vampires, the ginger gene is a curse. Gingers are beautiful. You owe me $5 for the whiskey and $75 for the horse. Gingers, oh, hell no. This whiskey is excellent. Ginger. I like gingers.